Welcome to the Horns Up Half Hour, Cedar Hill ISD's podcast about scholars, staff, and community. Our guests will be individuals from the district and the community. This podcast is for anyone interested in expanding their knowledge of all things CHISD. Hello, this is uh, Michael Sudhalter, host of the Horns Up Half Hour podcast, and I have three very special guests um, this afternoon on the podcast. I have Waterford Oaks principal, William Davis, and his wife, uh, Bray Elementary teacher, uh, Lindsay Davis, and their um, infant son, uh, Asher Davis. So this will, we're going to be here talking about Valentine's Day. This will actually be Asher's first Valentine's Day. I know you guys are excited about that. Yes, very much so. Yeah. So, um, you know, being a couple, I know, um, William, you said that you all have been married for 12 years. But um, what does uh, Valentine's Day mean, mean to y'all? So Valentine's Day just means a time to celebrate, just being together. Um, for us, having a family involving the kids as well, and just a time to just show appreciation for each other, shower each other with some love. Um, the dynamics have changed over the years as we continue to add kids. And so, you know, it went from just me and her, we go out, you know, flowers, candy, all those things, to now we have little ones, so... You know, going to dinner with them and getting them gifts as well because um, that was a thing from my childhood that I would have is from time to time for my mom would be just Valentine's Day gifts and, you know, just showing that love. Yeah, absolutely. It's really just become about family. Almost every holiday now is about not just about the kids, but about us being together as right. a family. Yeah. Do you have a fa- favorite Valentine's Day that you look back upon? Oh, my goodness. You that one. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> my memory. Twelve years is a long time. Um, honestly, my favorite Valentine's days really are just the ones where we aren't doing much. Um, you know, I'm sure we've had some dinners and some fancy gifts and things like that. But honestly, the most memorable ones for me are just like he was saying, just going together as a family, doing things with him and the kids together is, is the most memorable for sure. Okay, so 12 years um, married, how long have y'all been together? Uh, About 14. About 14 years, and do you have a story of how you met? So we met in college up at UNT, Um, (laughs) so she lived in the apartment above mine. Okay. Um, And one of my roommates was like, hey, I seen this girl, and so I was like, we're going to do a get-together, I'm going to invite the, the girls from upstairs. And so we had a little party that night, and of course the girls came down, and I'll just say the rest is history. Yeah, I found out he was from Waco, and I was kind of from the same area, so I was interested in that. And then, too, though, the funniest part to me is that um, he realized that he used to work nights, and so he would sleep during the day or try to sleep during the day. And um, he would say there was always a dog barking upstairs, and that was actually my dog. Oh, wow. That was barking in the apartment and keeping him up during the summer before we met. Oh, wow. So were you when you were at UNT, were you both... Um you know, thinking about becoming educators? Was that your major at the time? So at that time, that was about time I said, yeah, let me go work with kids. Um, I had started out wanting to be a pediatrician. Okay. But it was really, you know, being around babies, being around kids. Right. And so as I got a little older, I thought, man, school, that's a long time to be in school. Um, I knew I still wanted to work with kids, so it was like, what else can I do right. that it affords me that opportunity? So yeah. uh, definitely going into education has been a blessing. Mm-hmm. And we also... 
We um, got married during that time, too. We were both still in school. Oh, we God. had our daughter, Audra, during that time. And so um, it was a, a really trying, hard time. I mean, it was kind of like you focus on school and I'll do a little bit and kind of work. And then we kind of traded off and took turns and just kind of pushed through for our family. Um, okay. Yeah. So where was the first place that y'all taught after, you know, graduating from UNT? I'll let you go first. So that would be in Marlin. Um, I started out in Marlin, so I graduated in the middle of the year. Okay. Um, and so it was hard times because sometimes those jobs are not available. And so um, we had the opportunity because I was graduating to pretty much locate wherever we wanted to. Okay. And so that made it a lot easier. And so because I was from Waco, she was from outside of Waco, we kind of said, well, let's look down there in that area. Of course, we had our daughter um, that was a couple years old. So it was like, you know, get around family, people who can support us and help us out if we need it. Right. And so, yeah, I started out at Marlin Middle School as a sixth grade social studies teacher. Okay. Were you in Marlin as well? Um, so I substitute taught while he was there and finished my degree at Tarleton okay. State University through um, MCC. They had a campus there in Waco. And so I substitute taught. And so his first two years of teaching were when I finished my degree. Oh, okay. And um, after that, I got a job in Waco at La Vega Primary. Uh, okay. Which was amazing, amazing. Yeah. Oh, great. So you're in the Waco area, which was, because um, you grew up in Waco, like, um, where did you go to high school? I went to high school at Conley. Waco okay, Conley. Waco Conley. And then where did you go? I was in a super small town you've probably never heard of, uh, Wortham, okay. Texas. So small, maybe not even a thousand people. It's on near 45? Yes, 45? it is. Okay. Mm -hmm. Fairfield area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely stopped through there before on the way to <laughs> Houston. Back, so. He used to tell me, I would tell people I was from Waco because that was the biggest city near us. And he, when he found out where I was really from, he was like, don't tell people you're from Waco. You're oh, it's not that. Waco, what is it, like an hour away? Uh, yes. About an hour? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, so, and then, so you're in Waco, you got, or close to Waco, and you have family close by, and then where do you go from there? From there, I moved us. I always tell people I ended up moving us. So um, I'm very, very God-driven. Um, and so I, when I started looking at administration, um, we started talking about options, places to go again. At that time, we were still young, young family. Ability to relocate if we needed to. Um, and so I had an opportunity to go to Southeast Texas to Newton ISD at the elementary um, wonderful place and so we ended up moving down there so I ended up on the elementary campus and so that was an adjustment for her because now she's having to go from you know littles and kindergarten up to yeah. middle school kids doing sixth grade okay obviously I couldn't work on the same campus as him and it was another small town right and so um, that's kind of been my theme is just go where God leads him right and yeah. so um, when he led us there uh, my option was middle school, and so I went from kindergarten to sixth grade reading. And you were teaching in Newton? Mm-hmm, yes, okay. yeah. So coming from, you know, it's def different landscape, um, different everything, going from, you know, the Waco area, of course, all the way to southeast Texas and close to the, um, I guess, the Golden Triangle, as, as mm -hmm. they call it. Yeah. Um, so what was that like, that, that transition? I mean, that, that probably has been the was one of the biggest adjustments because you're talking about access to entertainment right. in Waco, having those ability restaurants, things like that, to you're an hour north, an hour south to go to the movies. To Beaumont. Um, mm -hmm. To Beaumont. Yeah, to Lufkin. Okay. Um, so just having to make that adjustment. Now, the one thing it did do 
because as everybody knows, sometimes smaller districts, a little bit less pay, it made us have to start doing things at home. So cooking more at home. Oh, okay. Helped us to save a little bit of money in yeah. that aspect. Yeah. Um, but it was, if you wanted to go out or if you wanted to go do different things, you were guaranteed to have to drive an hour in right. some direction. I guess Lake Charles, Louisiana. Lake Charles, yeah. 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 Yes. But, um, so you're in Newton, and then where do you go from there? From Newton, I ended up in Jasper. I had an opportunity to go be uh, assistant principal at the high school and also CTE director. So it afforded me the opportunity to not only still do academics and discipline, but now I can incorporate a budget. Um, and so as I was thinking about becoming a principal, I knew having a budget and being able to look at finances was a big thing. And so I ended up in Jasper for... And then where did you teach? Right? Well, so thankfully Jasper's not far from Newton. Okay. So, so I stayed stay another year in yeah. Newton. I loved it there. Yeah. But ultimately we've always, our dream was to always be in or invest in a district as a family. Okay. We think our kids should be there. Yeah. We want to be there together. You know, I, we feel like it sends a message of you're good enough for our family and you're good enough for our kids and we're invested. Right. And so um, I did end up moving over to Jasper uh, the next year just so, and, and our kids over as well. So we were all there okay. in the district together. Um, and that was the year that you became the principal. So you were the principal of Jasper High School. Well, at, at Parnell Elementary. Yes. Oh, Parnell so Elementary. I did a year at the high school as an AP and then I got the opportunity to be a principal down there at the elementary campus. Mm -hmm. Um, and so at that point is when we brought, she came over, um, well, and then my daughter ended up coming over as well. Mm -hmm. And so before I left the second year I was there, I had an opportunity to actually be my daughter's principal yes. um, on campus. So that gave me a different mindset and a oh, different wow. opportunity yeah. um, because I had been her AP in Newton as well. So it was different though. She was in first grade at that point. Right, so yeah. now she's a little older. Now yeah. she has friends. She has yeah. that social aspect. So then it's like, oh, there's dad. He's a principal. Yeah. Don't make eye contact. And so um, even now being up here in Cedar Hill, my son is on my campus. So it's kind of the same thing. Oh, okay. He's in third grade and he's like, nothing oh, to do with And then where's, where's your daughter now? So she's at Bessie Coleman. She's at Bessie Coleman. When okay. we did move up here to Cedar Hill, which we did, we came together after that, um, she came to Bray with me to finish fifth grade and, and do the fine arts. She's more interested in art and things like that. And we sent Deuce, our son, um, he was going to be in first grade, and we sent him to Waterford Oaks with William because, again, it is super important for us, for our kids to be on, especially with him being a principal, at least one of our kids to be on campus right. so that those teachers know, like, we believe in you and you're good enough for our kid. And, and you guys so, live here in Cedar We do. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Oh, great. Yeah. And then... Um, what about as far as like in Jasper, when you first got there, was Dr. Hudson already there? So he came mid-year uh, mid when I was in Jasper. So I had already previously been there a couple months, and then he came about January okay. um, to become the superintendent down there in Jasper. And what was that like when you first you know, got to know him and um, his leadership? I, I would always say structurally, like he's a very sound person. So having someone who knows academics who knows best instructional practices. That was great to kind of see his viewpoint and to learn about the different programs um, that he wanted to bring in and how it benefited kids. Um, having those conversations and meetings of just instruction and saying, you know, seeing how sound he was when it comes to instruction and just being a, a good building leader. Um, loving on people is one thing that he's uh, very well at that I've kind of observed from afar and looked at is how he 
really takes interest in his district. Uh, he takes an interest in every employee that he has, uh, making sure that he speaks, making sure that he, you know, shows concerns and things like that. And so, uh, just loving on people. So was him coming to Cedar Hill part of your decision to apply here and come up here? Yeah, that was a, a big, big thing. So, you know, a lot of times when you, you have great leadership, um, you tend to follow great leadership. And so when it was, you have this opportunity, if you want to take it, apply, see what happens. And so I did have the opportunity to apply and interview and go through that process and see how my views and my thought processes aligned with what Cedar Hill had going on with the district, um, with the district and, and with the campus especially. And two, I think he was a little bit afraid. You know, he, he was, his MO was to move us around, you know, to places right. as he grew in leadership. And so I think he was a little afraid to ask me if I might be willing, you know, to move or, but, you know, when we found out that he was going to be coming up here, I, it wasn't a question to me to consider it because Dr. Hudson is one superintendent where I, I, from the very beginning, his vision was very clear right. and my, my beliefs in education and how we treat people and how we should treat kids and how we should run our schools. It was just very in line. And right. so, you know, to me, it's like, why wouldn't you want to be part of that? So, yeah. So do you feel like, um, I know you've been to some different districts, do you feel like you know Cedar Hill is a place you want to be for a while? I would love to sit for as long as yeah. possible, yes. Yeah. Um, I definitely am ready to sit for a little while. Yeah, I would say um, great community, uh, great school community, and just some of the different programs, some of the different involvements with the innovation, right. um, with STEM and those different aspects. I, I definitely see where we're headed. And so it's prideful to be part of that process, mm -hmm. right. you know, even though you're going to have some bumps in the road and some yeah. growing pains, it's still awesome to kind of know that you're, you're being helpful, you're being just part of the growth of CDLI. And our own children have so many more opportunities here than any of the other districts that we've been in. Yeah. You know, our, our kids are different, and Audra especially in middle school, she's just into so many different things. She does orchestra. That would have never been an option before. So yeah. That's a really big reason of, you know, keeping us here is because the options for our children personally yeah. are really great. And as far as entertainment, right across the street here from the, this building, we got a movie theater. That's so right. You don't have to <laughs> drive too far. You don't have to drive too far to yeah. downtown Dallas. Some good restaurants. Right. right. Yeah. So, um... During this, because when did, when did you arrive here in Cedar Hill? So I got here school year 1920, so... Okay, so right. about halfway through, because I know for myself, I started March, uh, coming up on a two-year anniversary, so it was March 2nd, 2020, the very next week was spring break, and then COVID, you were here a few months earlier, but, mm -hmm. you know, both as educators and as parents, what was it like, you know, working in, in the uh, COVID era? I would say, I mean, it's definitely different. So um, one of the things that we had done right previously before spring break, I want to say it was the last day that we had kids that evening, we had a 90s dance, um, a 90s party. And so then all of a sudden we go to spring break and we don't come back right? yeah. for the rest of the year. So it was like one of the things we always said was we went out with a bang at Waterford Oaks yeah. because we had this big dance, kids were there. It was It was amazing. Um, and we haven't really had that opportunity since. Yeah. And so to know that we could do those things. But I would say definitely that the dynamics of dealing with 
the illnesses and the quarantine and exposures and contact tracing. And, you know, at the same time, you're trying to make sure that instruction is still there, academics is still there, that we're providing opportunities for parents to be engaged and making sure that everybody can still be successful. Right. Definitely has changed and it's stressful. It's definitely stressful. Um, and sometimes you just got to kind of woo side out or you got to you know, laugh to keep from crying. <laughs> yeah. So, um, does, you know, principal married to a teacher, teacher married to a principal, does that give you guys like additional perspective on kind of what teachers are thinking and what principals are thinking at your respect? I'm, take, I'm taking okay. this one because right, this is one of the things that. that I always tell people is that um, <laughs> being married to a leader has been like the greatest blessing, not just personally, but like career-wise and, and professionally. And I always tell people it's my dream. It will never happen, but it's always been my dream to work for him, for him to be my principal because I respect him professionally so much. And one of the things that I loved about our time in Jasper, especially this happened a lot, but really anywhere that we've worked, um, a lot of times, especially when he became an administrator, he would work late hours. And so I would leave after school and, you know, grab the kids. And before we went home, we would drive over to his school and just kind of pull up in the parking lot. And he would come out and talk to us for a little while. And there were days especially stressful days or days that, you know, I just needed to talk to him about work and my job and that we would sit out there for an hour. I would be, it would be freezing cold outside and I would be in my warm car and he would stand at the window and we would just talk about work and he would give me advice or tell me about things. And so I always tell people that being married to him, I, I call it parking lot PD. <laughs> the parking lot PD that I've gotten from him has grown me as an educator probably more than any professional development that I've ever oh, wow. received. I mean, I really, I, I kind of live, and we still do it from time to time. I still drive over to the circle at Waterford Oaks, and yeah. he'll come out. And lately, though, he's gotten really good about managing his schedule and coming home, you know, earlier. Oh, okay. But um, well, when you guys are at home, is there a lot of um, education talk? Oh, or is it Our whole life. Or is it All more focusing on <laughs> other things? It's a, little, it's a little bit of both. It depends on... If the work day actually stopped, right? When you go home, so some yeah. days, you know, you you just don't stop working, um, and so it for me may be things that I want to present to my staff or different yeah. ideas that I may have, and I may run them past her and say, "Does that make sense?" Because yeah. I have a thing where I always say, "It makes sense in my head that that makes sense to you." So, right. yeah. you know, but then how as a teacher dealing with COVID, mm -hmm. dealing with, you know, the climate right now. Yeah. If I looked at you and said, I need you to do X, Y, and Z, how would that make you feel? Mm -hmm. um, and so having that input and having that voice for me, even at home, is helpful. But, you know, we try to leave work at work. Especially um, on the weekends. On the we weekends, don't ever yeah. really talk about work on the weekends. On the weekends. But oh, once he good. comes home or when I get home, you know, it's inevitable. We're probably yeah. going to talk about our days and things. Um, but I will say that's one thing that I try really hard to is to hold him accountable as far as remembering teacher perspective yeah. and remembering what it was like in the classroom. Right. Um, and he's really good, too, about giving me administrative perspective. And I feel like, you know, I take that into consideration when I approach so many things now in my career. Sure. So are you thinking about possibly being a superintendent one day? And are you thinking about entering administration at any point? I do not want to be an administrator. Okay. So you've seen it firsthand. With <laughs> he, him. he can yeah. take that. Yeah. Um, I would love for him to fulfill his dream and be a superintendent. And I would love to then 
fulfill my dream of being at home and spending more time <laughs> with my kids. Um, I have a desire to to do to do more. Uh-huh. I don't know what that is, but it's definitely not administration. Okay. Um, and then yeah, definitely so. Um, so. Of course, being a superintendent, um, I have a timeline. I won't share my timeline, but I do have a timeline that I've kind of stuck by of when I would like to be able to do different things when it comes to my career. Well, how old are you now? I'm 35. 35? Okay, um, wow. 35. So, I'm, a little, so I'm ahead of my timeline. Oh, yes. wow. Um, by, by, by some time. And, so, and you became a principal? What age were you you became a principal? So, I was 30. 30? I became wow. a principal. Okay. Um, 31? 31. Yeah. 31, because it'll be almost four years. Yeah. Um, 31. And so I have my superintendent certificate. I did do that. Now I'm, I battle with, do I go back and finish out my doctorate um, and, and get that degree as well? Because that, it matters. Um, and I've always said that my, my bachelor's was for, you know, my kids. Um, my master's ended up being for my kids. But I always said that if I ever got a doctorate, it would be because that's what I wanted. Oh, okay. That was going to be the degree for William Davis. And so right now it's just time, yeah. you know. And, Baby. And babies yeah. and <laughs> Did you guys, like, grow up wanting to become teachers and stuff? I know you said you were thinking about medicine. But... I thought about being a doctor. You know, and, and when you're a kid, it's like those those high-powered careers – you know, policeman, mm-hmm. fireman, doctor, that's what everybody talks about. Yeah. Um, so for me, in my walk as an administrator, I love to talk to kids about getting into teaching, getting into education, being that model for right. them. Um, a lot of times they don't see a male until they get to high school. So even in high school, that's when I finally had somebody that I looked at and was like, I think I could be you one day. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I could do what you're doing and be happy doing yeah. that. Yeah. I grew up in a family of teachers, and so um, I tried everything that I could to avoid it. Uh I wanted to be an orthodontist, I thought. I wanted to do, you know, live in Mexico and do pro bono work with orthodontics and, you know, all of these crazy dreams. And um, I I tried to fight it, but I tell people I think teaching was just in my blood. I was born to be a teacher. And so uh, I I fought it as long as I could, and then... When I met him and we um, started, we got married and started our family and all of that, it just made sense. Okay. So I stopped fighting it. Oh, great. We are. All right. Well, thank you. And I um, appreciate you both being on the show and with Asher being the youngest uh, <laughs> guest ever on this show. I know many years and I will look back on that. Um, he'll look back on that and be very proud of everything that you guys have, have done and are currently doing and will do. So, um, yeah, thank you so much, and I wish your family and everyone at your campus is a happy Valentine's Day. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. All right, thanks.